This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 15, verses 28 to 34. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these necessary things, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality, from which if you keep yourselves, it will be well with you. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch, having gathered the multitude together they delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced over the encouragement, Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged the brothers with many words, and strengthened them. After they had spent some time there, they were sent back with greetings from the brothers to the apostles. Notice in the letter this wasn't expressed merely as a matter of opinion or even a conclusion from a council of mere men. But there's a level of authority attached to the letter, indicating the instructions were God-breathed. They wrote, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. What gave them the confidence, you think, in the end, to be able to claim the Holy Spirit's stamp of approval on their unified decision as a church body after much debate? In Matthew 18, Jesus gives the church instruction on how to handle conflicts within the body. Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17, seems to be dealing with church discipline, but perhaps verses 19 to 20, and the overall sentiment of verses 15 through 20, could also be applicable to the context of the Jerusalem Council. Let's read the Matthew 18 passage in context. Jesus said, If your brother sins or sister sins, go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Again, truly, I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Now is Matthew 18, 19 to 20. This passage gives us clear and practical steps that the church should take in difficult situations. Matthew 18 appears to be a process for us to follow when there's conflict and a promise that God is with us while going through it. God was certainly with the church during the Jerusalem Council, and the unified conclusion from which they arrived seemed good not only to them, but to the Holy Spirit. How can the church today learn from the actions of the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15? A matter of significance was brought to their attention the church assembled. Under the oversight and direction of a group of qualified leaders, 
who together openly discussed the issue. Using scripture as the plumb line and their collective wisdom in the Holy Spirit, the group of overseers came to an agreement on the matter and the Holy Spirit approved. When the local church to which we belong today follows a similar pattern of group-led decision-making from a team of qualified leaders who use scripture as the foundation and who have an attitude of submission to Christ and His will, we can gain confidence that their decisions will most often be sound and Holy Spirit-led. Proverbs 11 verse 14 states, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. All right, so the matter brought to the Jerusalem council is resolved. Paul and Barnabas, with Judas and Silas, are sent back to Antioch and abroad to disseminate the news. We're so spoiled these days with social media, cell phones, and television, it's quite easy to spread news. Back then, you had to travel for word to spread. It's not like they could see a social media video post of Peter and James saying what they did, or as if the entire meeting was broadcast live. Now, that'd be pretty cool, I think, to see them duke it out on a live stream and come to a conclusion. But the news back then spread by word of mouth, with the letter itself being the authoritative message. Let's keep reading. So, when they were sent off, they came to Antioch. Having gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced over the encouragement. Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged the brothers with many words and strengthened them. What a relief, I'm sure, to know that they were indeed saved by grace and not by works. Paul hadn't preached to them in vain. They didn't receive it in vain. What Paul preached was the true gospel. What they received was the real gospel, forgiveness through faith in Jesus alone. Judas and Silas were prophets themselves, well-respected, chief men in the church, and sent by the church in Jerusalem to affirm the message. These were men who had been tested and were trusted, who had risked their lives for the name of Christ. They could confirm what Paul and Barnabas were saying, as well as testify to the legitimacy of the letter from Jerusalem. In addition, as prophets, they encouraged the brothers in Antioch with words and strengthened them. Sometimes we need the type of hands-on service from others which provides relief from certain physical demands and exhaustion we endure. Words can also be golden, and the right words at the right time can be so precious and effective in encouraging, restoring, and strengthening. These men were prophets, meaning in one sense that they were proclaimers of God's word. Jesus said about his word in John 6, verse 63, that they are spirit and life. And Hebrews 4, verse 12 tells us, God's word is living and active. Life and spirit-filled words can work wonders on a weary soul to heal, restore, and encourage. Have you ever been on the giving or receiving end of God's word proclaimed and seen it at work, encouraging and strengthening, or perhaps healing and cleansing, 
or even at times convicting and transforming us. Verse 33. After they had spent some time there, they were dismissed in peace from the brothers to the apostles. Judas and Silas appear to have been humble servants. They didn't come on their own timetable and agenda. They stayed there for some time and allowed the needs of those to whom they were serving to dictate when it was time to go back to Jerusalem. When the time was right, the brothers in Antioch dismissed them in peace to the apostles. They were doing just as Paul instructed to the Ephesians, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's Ephesians 5 verse 21. The Apostle Paul also wrote in Philippians 2 verse 20, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. I think Judas and Silas were like Timothy in that regard, demonstrating here in Acts 15 their concern for the welfare of the church in Antioch. Have you ever shown up to help someone with a project, like moving some furniture or something, and it was taking longer than you thought it would? Hours of the day ticked along. You wanted to dip out because you had that movie you wanted to watch or those other things you had planned to do. As the day wastes away, you think about the greener grass on the other side of the fence. You help out till the job's end, but your heart wasn't in it. You were grumbling the whole time internally, selfishly annoyed at the situation, wishing you were somewhere else. As a result, you weren't really present, and you were miserable the entire time. Even though physically present, you were detached emotionally in attitude and devoid of serving from a place of loving sincerity. You missed out. You lost perspective, not realizing the greener grass was right in front of you, forgetting that giving is always better than receiving. Serving others is more rewarding than serving self. I've been there for sure, many times over. But it's much better to die to selfish expectations in those type of situations. Way easier said than done, of course. To let go of what was, of what was going to be, to detach from your plans that fell apart and embrace with humility and a willing attitude the plan God has for you. Jesus said in Luke 9, verse 23, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Judas and Silas were no doubt living examples of that command, submitting to God's plans and serving the church rather than themselves. Being a disciple of Christ, like Judas and Silas, requires sacrifice, humility, and an obedient heart. Like Judas and Silas, God wants to also use us as vessels to pour into people's lives, encouraging and strengthening them. Every day we might be faced with scenarios where we'll need to say, Jesus, take the wheel. Your will be done, not mine. God, help my attitude. Align my will with yours. But like Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, there may just be times when we just plain don't want to deal with what God has in store for us. Jesus gives us the perfect example of how to cope in his petition to God the night before his crucifixion. My Father, 
If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Knowing you will hold my hand With 
That was Adam's Road from the album Adam's Road. Lord, please speak to me. Help my eyes to see what you want to do with me. Oh Lord, please speak to me. took the blame was put to shame but I never knew the pain that you have felt for me you saved before my strength was poor when my enemies made light of me, you blessed me more. Lord, please speak to me. Help my eyes to see what you want to do. Speak to Me, from the album Adam's Road. (laughs) ¶¶ 
This is the Adams Road podcast, 
and outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 15, verses 35 to 39. Grace and peace be with you all.